God wants your life to work. His plan is to make it work well, positively, productively, peacefully, and to your highest and best capabilities and potentials. This message is the first in the series, A Life That Works. The message is entitled, Live for the Right Purpose. Here is Pastor Dalo Shields. Well, grab your Bibles this morning and uh, join me in the book of Proverbs chapter 9. I want us to give a good welcome to our Frederick campus as well as our universities at Shady Grove campus. Give them a good round of applause and welcome them this morning. And just a couple of weeks or so now, about two, two and a half weeks, we'll be opening our Clarksburg campus. I think we ought to give God praise for that. It's going to be wonderful. And you saw a little bit about that a few moments ago on the video screen, and so be praying for that. If you know folks in the upper Germantown area, Clarksburg area, maybe a southern part down coming from Frederick County, Urbana, just let them know about that campus opening up. And on May the 3rd will be our first uh, weekend of services there, May the 3rd, and the service times will be 10 and 12 uh, in the mornings. Also, uh, the numbers went by us uh, fairly quickly a few mo- moments ago on our video screen, but I want you to know that we had well over 33 thousand people that participated in Easter last week. Isn't that incredible in all of our campuses and all of our services? Uh, But the most important thing and the reason that we did it all was because of reaching people for Christ. And I know that that number went by fairly quickly, but 1,168 people gave their lives to Jesus last weekend. It's absolutely amazing. Those, by the way, are the numbers of people that recorded their commitment. There were a lot more that made decisions but did not give us information so that we could follow up with them and help them to understand how to live out their Christian life, but many others that made decisions. But those were those that actually identified or connected with us in some way to let them know they'd made a decision for Jesus Christ. And uh, the reason that that happened was two things. Number one, actually three things. Number one, at least three things, probably a dozen or more things, but at least three things that I can think of this morning. Number one, the faithfulness of those that served. It's not possible. It had not been those that were serving and giving of that themselves all weekend last weekend. Second of all, people prayed, and prayer makes a difference when you pray for people and pray for God's Spirit to work in people's lives. And the third thing that happened last week is that you invited people to come that did not know Jesus. So you did those three things. And when we do our part, God always does his part, doesn't he? It's a great thing to remember. When when we do our our part, God always does his part. And so we want to give him praise and thanksgiving for that. And and now would you continue to pray for those 1,100 plus, almost 1,200 people who committed their lives to Jesus, that they will now get on a track of really growing in their life with Christ and serving him day in and day out for the rest of their life into eternity. This weekend, I want to start a new series of messages entitled Life That Works, and for the next several weeks, uh, actually into the month of June, we're going to be talking about this topic, A Life That Works. We'll have some, uh, some special services along the way. Uh, James Brown will be back with us as a part in the next several weeks, and so we're looking forward to that, and Philip and Holly Wagner will be with us one weekend. Many of you remember Holly for one of our, one of our uh, uh, ministry. I think it was a ladies' night that we had here, her ministry night, so it's going to be a great weekend with them. But otherwise, we're going to be studying this theme, A Life That Works, and I want to talk to you this weekend about living for the right purpose, living for the right purpose. Over the years, as a pastor, I've had a lot of people make a statement similar to this to me. My life is just not working, Pastor. It just doesn't seem like my life works the way it's designed to work. And the reality is, for most of us here today, we have a life that is not working to its full potential. 
because all of us are broken by sin. We're broken by living in a sinful world. All of us have stuff inside of us that needs to change. All of us have things that keep us from being fully functional. In fact, I'll say it this way, all of us are dysfunctional. Now you say, well, I'm not sure I'm dysfunctional. Well, yes, you are, and so am I. Every person here is dysfunctional because the word functional means to function, to be able to actually produce and accomplish all that you were designed to produce and accomplish. And there's more in you than is being fulfilled in your life right now because there's stuff in you that needs to be addressed and things that you need to grow in and places where you need to become more functional. We all need to get rid of some dysfunction, amen? We need to have a life that actually works. And what I want you to know today is that God designed you to have a life that works. God wants your life to actually work. He wants you to have a life that works and works well. And the reason that many times, in fact, the primary reason that our, our life does not work the way it needs to work is because quite often we're not fully synced up with the one who created us. And when you and I are out of sync with God, and by the way, you don't have to be out of sync in all areas. You can be out of sync in one area of your life with God, and it can affect your functionality. So you may be 8 out of 10, everything's going well, but those two things can affect your life in a dysfunctional fashion. And so part of what we must learn to do is to do our part so that we can get in sync with God. And there are decisions that you need to make and that I need to make that will cause our lives to work well in relationship with God working in us. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, is a passage that, uh, that attracted my attention several weeks ago as I was just doing some individual study and reading of the Bible, and I came to this passage, and it jumped out at me, and I knew that there was something there for all of us, and I want to draw your attention to it. I'm going to read from today's Living Bible. Wisdom has built a palace supported on seven pillars, and has prepared a great banquet and mixed the wines. And sent out her maidens, inviting all to come. She calls from the busiest intersections in the city. Let's stop there for a moment. Here, wisdom is identified or described as a palace. It's described as a place. It's described as a voice calling out to people, come and hear what I have to say. And it's crying out, the Bible says, even in the busiest intersections in the city, it's intervening in the busy dimensions of our life and saying, time out, you need some wisdom. And here is the statement that wisdom is calling to us regarding, come you simple ones without good judgment. Simple means those that are dysfunctional, those that don't understand everything they need to understand. Good judgment, those that are not always making the best decisions with their life. And that, by the way, is all of us. Come to wisdom's banquet and drink the wines that I have mixed. Read verse number six together with me aloud and loudly. Frederick as well, universities at Shady Grove, Gaithersburg, let's all read it. Leave behind your foolishness and begin to live. Learn how to be wise. Read that again, that last phrase uh, uh, again. Learn how to be wise. Here the Bible speaks of the palace of wisdom. And it says that the palace of wisdom is built on seven pillars. Seven pillars. Think about that for a moment. Why, why seven is it talking about like seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like just seven as a number? Well, I believe there obviously 
seven pillars of wisdom, but there are also more than seven pillars of wisdom in the Bible. And so when the Scripture speaks of seven, it is, it's a number that identifies a concept. And the concept, the number seven in the Bible, also always relates to perfection. It always relates to completion. It relates to the wholeness of something. And so God is saying to us, you need to build your life on the complete principles of wisdom, not just a little bit, not just a few of them, but you need to build on all of them. To have your best life, a, tri a life that truly works at its best, you and I need to build on the seven, on the complete wisdom of God, the whole wisdom of God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 emphasizes this concept of the wholeness of God's wisdom. Trust in the Lord. You know it well. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, not seven out of ten of your ways or five out of ten of your ways or even nine out of ten of your ways, but in all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. You know that you can be submitting to God in nine out of ten major areas of your life, but that tenth thing can really get you. It can be the thing that keeps you from being as functional as God designed for you to be. And so that's why the Scripture says to, in all your ways, submit to Him. Trust Him with all your heart. That is, embrace the seven pillars, the complete wisdom of God. And so in this series, while I will be talking about seven pillars of wisdom, I need you to understand that it's beyond just seven as a number. It represents the whole wisdom of God for your life. And so today... I want to talk about the first one, what we will call the foundational pillar of wisdom. And the foundational pillar of wisdom is simply this, to have the best life that God wants you to have, to have a life that works, you have to live for the right purpose. If you're not living for the right purpose, you will never have a life that works. That's where it begins, understanding the purpose of your life and living for that purpose. I'm going to share with you three things that will help you to better understand your purpose today. How do you live out this purpose so that you've got that foundational pillar in your life, just like this building. This building has, you notice, around this worship center, and it's true in the other venues that we have as well. There are pillars that hold up the building. You can't have just a few of them or just several, and they're structurally designed to hold this building up. And the first pillar that needs to be established in your life is the pillar of purpose. Say that phrase with me, the pillar of purpose. And the way that you establish the pillar of purpose in your life, very simply but yet extremely profoundly, you and I need to connect with our Creator. That's where purpose begins. It begins with a connection with the one who created you. Purpose is a very important word because purpose answers three questions. Why, what, and who? Why am I living? What am I living for? And who am I living for? When you understand purpose, you've answered those three things in your life. Why am I alive? Why am I, I on planet Earth? And what am I to do with my life while I'm here? And who am I going to live my life for? Because everybody serves somebody. I'll say that again. Everybody serves somebody. You may be serving 
yourself and your own purpose, but you're still serving somebody. And so we have to determine who we are living for as well. Purpose is all about your reason for being, and life only works when you get your purpose right. And if you and I are living for the wrong reasons, if we're going after the wrong goals, if we're pursuing the wrong things or even pursuing superficial things, I promise you this is what will happen. You will end up dissatisfied, you will end up disappointed, and you will end up disillusioned in life. And there are a lot of people going through life who are feeling that disappointment, the discontentment inside, oh, it's just not working for me, or disappointed about life, or sometimes even disillusioned that brings them to a place even of cynicism about life itself and hopelessness about life itself. And there are many, many people who are asking the question, what is, what is life? What is life all about? What I want you to know today is that life is all about, at its core, connecting with your Creator. That's what it's really all about. Life never works until you understand that you were made, you were created for a relationship with God. Every person here, first and foremost and primarily, you were created for a relationship with the one who made you, with your Creator. There's a picture that perhaps will help us to get this. If you'll put it up on the screen there for me for a moment. How many of you do jigsaw puzzles? Anybody do those from time to time? Not very many of you, okay? All right. Well, try it sometimes. But what a jigsaw puzzle, obviously, you've got all these little pieces that you're putting together. And what, what is really the key to doing a jigsaw puzzle is to have the f- box, Okay. Because if you don't have the box, you're really in trouble. The box is where you get the picture and where things make sense to you. And then you can kind of figure out what to do and, and how to start putting the pieces together. And, and jigsaw puzzles work best from the, from the outside in. I've learned something about jigsaw puzzles. This is a key, key for you. If you don't know this, this will help you. Start with the straight pieces first, okay? Because you get all those straight pieces and you get them in. Then you begin to work your way in. And think about it this way. If you're doing a jigsaw puzzle and you're working your way in, then suddenly you lose the box. And you've got this gap in the middle and all these pieces left. It's very difficult to make sense of it all. It's hard to know, how do I put this thing together? And that's the way a lot of people are living their lives. They're living their lives with the very central picture of their life missing. Because in your being, in your heart in life, that central piece that makes everything come together for the right picture is, is God, is a relationship with God. And if you're missing that piece, it doesn't matter what you try to put in there. Have you noticed that you cannot, I mean, you can force, try to force a piece that doesn't fit, but it never works really. It messes the picture up. And there are a lot of people, keep that picture up if you will for me a moment, that are taking all kinds of things and they're trying to force it into that central part of that. They're trying to take their job and making their job their purpose. They're trying to take money and making money their purpose. They're trying to make their material things their purpose. They sometimes even, even good things you can take and try to put in the central part of your life. But you were made in the central part of your life for one puzzle piece, and who is that? God, to connect with your Creator. When that piece is missing, you're going to be in trouble. In the Bible, I'll give you a story of four men in the Bible that were searching for the central piece in their life. They had not yet found it, 
but Jesus came and revealed it to them. If you will, go with me to Matthew chapter 4, and let's read of these four men and see how Jesus helped them to find their purpose. And Jesus, this is verse 18 through 22, verses 18 through 22, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Note, note that, that word. They were they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Here are four guys, four businessmen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. These guys, from everything we, we know about them, had a successful commercial fishing business. They lived around the Sea of Galilee in northern Israel, and so they, they fished for a living. They made their money that way. They were into their business, just like any normal business person would be. They were doing with their life what they thought at some level was their purpose. And then they heard about and met and what they were exposed to, this one called Jesus. And they began to realize, you know what? This thing called fishing is not completely satisfying me on the inside. Nothing wrong with the fishing, nothing wrong with the business, but they had put fishing in the wrong place. Fishing was the center of their life. Were they religious? Oh, yes, they were religious Jews. They went to the synagogue. They perhaps most likely had some level of fear of God in them and religious training and understanding of the law. But yet on the inside, they were still missing a purpose. And when they met Jesus, they realized, we have found what we've been looking for. We have found the one thing that will satisfy us, the one thing that will fulfill us, the one thing that will give us our, our real sense of reason for living. And when Jesus comes along the Sea of Galilee that day and says, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, come, come follow me, and I'm going to make you into fishers of men, they were so enamored with and, 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 and understood to such a degree the depth of purpose that Jesus provided them that they left everything and they followed him. Why? Because they realized that's the piece of the puzzle we're missing. We've got other things in our life that we've been trying to cram into the middle, but we realize the only thing that will satisfy us is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that day, they gave Jesus their lives, and of course, the rest is history. Aren't you glad that Andrew, Peter, James, and John gave their lives to Jesus that day? They, they helped change the known world, and our world is still, be, we're still talking about them over 2,000 years later because they made one decision that day to say, Jesus, you're the purpose of my life. And what I want to say to you this morning, and I hope you'll listen closely, that until Jesus, until God is central in your life through His Son, Jesus Christ, that he, until He takes the primary place in your life, you will never have your best life. You will never have your best life until that, that piece of the puzzle called, called Christ, Jesus, is central to your life. Now, you say, well, you know, Pastor, I, I've done that. I prayed that prayer and invited you. I'm not talking about praying a prayer. I'm not talking about just having made a commitment at some point in time. That's good and wonderful, and you need to do that. I'll talk about that more in a moment. But I'm talking about where Jesus really is central to your life every day. We sing a song from time to time, Jesus is a center of my life. And what that means is he's the piece of the puzzle that makes everything come together every day of my life. No day has meaning without Jesus. Amen? 
No day gives me purpose unless Jesus is at the center. And when I don't have him at the center, my life is not going to work well. I have to connect with my creator. Let me give you three connections that have to be made. Number one, you have to connect personally. There's a personal connection that has to be made. I'm not going to read the passages for you again, but you'll see in these passages the, 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 the concept of, of you. You have to do it. It's not something that someone else can do for you. You have to say that you want Jesus to be the center of your life. And whether you're a young person here today, and I hope that as a young person here today, a young adult here today that you, you learn early to put Jesus at the center of your life. Maybe you're in, in the middle portion of your life. You need to, to get him there in the center of your life. But it's personal, whatever it might be, wherever age or stage you're at, it's a personal decision. It's also something that's regular. You don't, you don't just do it from time to time. I need, as I mentioned a moment ago, Jesus at the center of my life every day. I need a connection with my Creator not once in a while. I need a connection with my Creator all the time. I met with Him this morning. I connected with Him before I came down here to spend some time with you. Because actually, in my mornings, I would prefer to spend time with Jesus before I talk to anybody else. How about you? Because I need that connection. Apart from Him, I can do nothing. And so I'm connecting with my Creator because I will not have a sense of purpose for my day. I've had it before, going through a day without really connecting well with my Creator. And you, you miss a sense of your purpose. You get sidetracked and all kinds of things that really aren't important, things that really aren't significant, things that really don't matter because you haven't centered your life in Jesus Christ. He can help you to know how to live your day. Not just your life, but how to live your day. Because your day, your life is made up of your days, right? So if you want your life to count for Christ, you have to have Jesus at the center of your life every day. And so we connect personally and we connect regularly and we connect, here's another word for you, conscientiously. That is, we are aware of the importance of doing this. It's not just something that sort of slips past us. We understand this thing is important. I can't bypass this. I can't sacrifice this. If I'm going to have purpose in my life, I have to connect with my Creator, and I must connect with Him personally, and I must connect with Him regularly, and I must connect with Him conscientiously. I must be aware that I need Him. Oh, how I need Him. Every hour I need Him. I am connected to Him. See, that's, that's purpose. Your life will not work without connection with your Creator. Recently at home... Um, our cable, uh, our internet cable deal went out, okay? And, you know, you know what happens when your internet goes down? Panic, right? Like, oh, no, okay. And I was trying to work on something and get something done, and, and the internet went down. I could not use the internet, and so I go to our router and all the stuff, the modem, and I'd go through the process of rebooting everything and, and you know, the system they tell you to do, and nothing happened, and I rebooted it again and nothing happened and rebooted it again nothing happened and then I said oh no I got to call him you know that feeling right okay I got to call him so I call the the number and go through all the system and finally connect with a real person somewhere in the world okay 
And when I began to talk to them and describe my symptoms and what was happening and told them that I'd done everything that I knew that I could do to get the system up and running again, they looked in my, I don't know how they do this, but they look and say, oh, Mr. O'Shills, the problem is we need to refresh your signal. I thought, praise God. (laughs) Refresh it then, okay? Wait just a moment, open up your browser, get ready because I'm going to ask you to test it in a moment. It'll take just a little bit here, and so I'm sending you a refresh signal. And sure enough, from somewhere in the cyberspace, there came mystically a refresh signal into my house. And everything booted back up, and the internet came back on. I'm shouting, hallelujah, glory to God, praise you, Jesus. I'm thankful that it's happened, but it all happened because a refresh signal was sent. Here's what I want you to see. The internet wasn't working. It wasn't doing what it was designed to do because it had lost its connection. Okay? The connection wasn't there And I had done my part, and when I did my part, everything I knew to do, when I finally picked up the phone and called the source and connected with the source, the source said, now I'm going to send you the refresh signal that you need. And dear ones, you've got to understand this, okay? This is important in your life. This is how it works. You can do everything you know to do, but if you're not connecting with your creator, you're never going to have the refresh signal. You'll never have what you need in your life, okay? See, it's not a one-part thing, and there are a lot of people scurrying around life trying to make their life work and rebooting everything they can reboot, and nothing is happening in their life. And at some point in time, you got to call your Creator. you got to pick up the spiritual phone and say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to come and do for me what I can't do. I have tried everything I know to do, and I can't get it done, God. It's not working. My life is not working, God. My life is not working. God says, thank you for calling. I will send you a refresh signal, okay? okay. And God can do it for you. But you've got to make the decision in your life to say, I'm going to connect with my creator. You'll never have purpose. Dear one, your life will not work. It will not work unless you're connected with your creator. Amen? The second thing that you have to do, the second thing essential in your life. If I can find it in my notes. You've got to live as a contributor, not just as a consumer. You want purpose in your life? You've got to live as a contributor, not just as a consumer. When God made you, He only made one of you. And for some of us, the world's glad. You're no accident. You're special. I wish today that I could have just a moment with every person in this place and all of our campuses and just have a moment on behalf of God and look you eyeball to eyeball and tell you, you are special. You're unique. God made you. And He made you to make a unique contribution to the world, to the kingdom of God. A contribution that nobody else can make. It's different from other people. That's why you should never compare yourself with anyone else because it's unfair to compare yourself with anyone else because you're not someone else. You're you. And God made you to contribute. 
God did not make you to consume. He made you to contribute. Now, yes, there is a consuming that has to occur. There are things that we have to take into our lives so we can contribute. But your primary purpose in life is not to be a consumer. It is to be a a contributor. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah writing these words, he said, God spoke to me. God said something to me that I needed to hear. And here's what God said. God now speaking to Jeremiah. By the way, Jeremiah was likely somewhere around 19, 20 years of age when God spoke these words to him. Before I formed you in the womb. I mean, God knew you before you were formed in your womb, in the womb of your mom. By the way, that's another message in and of itself of the sanctity of life right there. That's what life is. Life is sanctified by God. Life is holy. Before I formed you in the womb, what does God say? I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now understand, this is not just for Jeremiah. This is also for you. God says, before I formed you, name your name right there in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. So you must understand there is a reason for your life, and it's not just to receive. It is not just to consume. It is to contribute. For Jeremiah, it was to become a prophet to the nations. I don't know what God's purpose fully is for your life, but there's a reason for your being. God made you to do something for His kingdom. Every person. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19, to those four men we talked about a while ago, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out, send you out, you, you, you have value, send you out to fish for people. And I will tell you that what needs to happen in all of our lives is we recognize, you know what, I wasn't made just for me, I was made to do something beyond me. You know, memorials are never set up for what people get. Memorials are always set up for what people give. You never go to a memorial site and say, here lies such and such a person, and look at all they got. No, you go and you read about what they gave with their life, the sacrifices they made and what they contributed to the benefit of others. So you, you want your life to work, Amen. You want your life to work? You've got to have purpose. How do you get purpose? Well, first of all, you connect with your creator, and then second of all, you realize, you know what? When I connect with my creator, I wasn't created just to consume. I was created now by God in connection with him to contribute to his kingdom, to make a difference with my life, to do something that matters with the people around me. And it's going to be unique for every person, but every person matters. Every person is important. Every person has value to God. And here, here comes our last point together. You have to commit completely. When it comes to building a life that works, you need to make the right commitments and to make them wholeheartedly. I will tell you the seriousness of any commitment will determine the success of any activity. The seriousness of any commitment will determine the success of any activity. If you want to be a successful student, you have to be seriously committed to studying. If you want to be a successful athlete, you have to be seriously committed to training. You can go down the line, every realm of life, your level of commitment to whatever it is you're trying to do will determine your success in it. If you're not committed to it, you'll never be successful in it. You'll never build a successful marriage 
unless you're committed to your marriage. That's where it begins. You'll never be a successful parent unless you're committed to learning how to parent. You'll never be a successful worker until you learn how to do your job and do it well, learn how to apply yourself. All of these things are connected. The same is true with God. You have to commit to Him, not just partially, but you have to commit to Him with your whole heart. You have to be all in. Say that phrase with me, all in. See, we're talking about purpose this morning, aren't we? You want your life to work? You got to have purpose. How do you get purpose? I connect with my creator. I was made for a relationship with God, and then I realize I'm not in my relationship with God. I'm not just consuming. I'm now here to contribute, and then in my relationship with God, it's not just going to be partially in, but I'm going to be all in with God. I'm going to be completely committed to Him because that's where it starts to really work well in your life. Psalm 119, verse number 10, the psalmist said, I seek you with how much of my heart? All my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, once again, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Mark 12, 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Notice that in all of these verses, the key word to make it uh, applicable to our lives is the word all, 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 all in. Partial commitment to anything is unwise. I love people that when they, they commit, they're committed. They're all in. And I will tell you that when you partially commit to God, your life is not going to work well. But if you want your life to work well, you say, God, I am all in. I commit completely to you. The first pillar in building, a pillar of wisdom and building a life that works is to understand and live for the right purpose in your life. On the left-hand side of the aisles and all of our campuses, there's a purple bag. I want to ask you to reach down and grab that purple bag if you're on the end of the aisle there, if you don't mind. And Reach down into the bag and pull a card out. It looks like this. Just pass the bag down once you've received your card. And just want to make sure that everybody gets one of these little cards. I'm going to talk to you about them just for a moment. Love the sound of bags going down the aisles. That's an awesome sound told the church last night, I want to record that sound and listen to it in my sleep. That's just a blessed sound for a pastor right there. Those bags shuffling through. So everybody get your card. All the campuses get your card, if you will. Everybody has them now? If you do, let me just, just kind of let me see that you got them. Okay, good. Fantastic. What are the two words that are boldly proclaimed there? I commit. You don't need this card to make a commitment. But I've noticed something. I've noticed sometimes when you sign your name, it reminds you of something serious, doesn't it? I've noticed that anytime I've bought a house and I go to the closing, they don't, they don't just say, hey, Mr. O'Shields, are you good with this? Yeah, I'm good with it. See you later. Okay. They make me sign my name okay. a million times. Okay. Papers just keep coming, don't they? Okay. You buy a car, they make you sign your name, right? 
all kind of things in life, you sign your name. Why? What does that signature represent? I'm committed. In other words, the bills are going to come to me. Okay. That's what it means when you buy something. Okay. I'm on the line for this. I put myself out there and said, you know what? This is what I'm doing. And sometimes in life, we need to do that. We need to refresh that with God. For some of us, maybe it's the first time we will make a commitment like this to God. For others of us, it's a refresh commitment. It's a way of saying, God, send me the refresh signal. I'm, a, I'm back in here, God. I'm just reconnecting. I'm re-upping with you, God. I'm just reminding you that I'm in this thing for the long haul. I, wanna, I want my life to work. I want it to work well. So I'm connecting with you, and I'm connecting personally and regularly and conscientiously. And God, I, I realize I'm going to contribute with my life. It's not about me. It's about, it's about contributing, making a contribution. And God, I'm going to be all in, not just partially. It's a re-up for you. For some of you, it may be the first time, but turn to the back of this card and I want you to read it together with me aloud and loudly in all of our campuses. Let's read what we're committing to. Read it with me if you will. Dear Lord God, I know that I was created for a relationship with you. Today I give my life to Jesus Christ. I commit myself to serve your purpose with all my heart with the help and power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that today there will be many of you that will sign this card. We're not going to take them up. This is not to collect. This is for you. I signed my card this morning and put it in my wallet. I did. It's in my wallet right now. Why? Because I'm accepting Jesus for the first time? No, I accepted Him many years ago. When I was seven years of age, I accepted Jesus. But I just want Him to know I'm still in. I'm still committed. I haven't backed up on my commitment, God. For some of you, maybe that's what you need to do, just to once again come to God and say, God, I'm again saying to you, I am committed. For some of you, it'll be the first time you've ever made a commitment like this in your life. But, but I would encourage you at some point, it can be right now, it can be later in the day, just to make that signature there and put the date on it and put it somewhere that will remind you of the fact that you are committed to God's purpose for your life. And let it be a reminder for you that you now are all in with God. That's where your life begins to make sense. And that's when your life really begins to work. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you that you gave all to us. And you call us to give ourselves to you. And Lord, there's a pillar of wisdom called purpose. And until we understand that pillar of wisdom... Until we connect with you, God, our creator, in a personal way, in a regular way, and in a conscientious way, and until we realize that we were not made for us, we were made to contribute something with our lives. Until we get in wholeheartedly, God, with all of our being, we're never going to have a life that works well. And I pray that today in Jesus' name that all throughout our worship centers, our venues, our different campuses, for every person that today in the name of Jesus, you'd help us to say, I commit. I pray that the Holy Spirit would work deeply in us, Lord, and help us to not just make a casual commitment or a superficial commitment, but let us make a solid, deep commitment that will change our lives from this day forward by the power of your Holy Spirit and give us purpose like we've never known before. And for that, we thank you in Jesus' name. 
Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me, and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.